Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hello, and welcome to Gardener's Favourites, a new podcast series featuring Alan Titchmarsh, Kate Bradbury, and the team here at Gardener's World magazine. In this special winter series, we'll share with you some of our winter highlights, guaranteed to beat the winter gloom, with options to get you outside enjoying your garden and recommendations for days when you want to curl up indoors. So sit back and enjoy as we share our favourites. Hi, I'm Lily Middleton, content creator at BBC Gardeners World magazine, and today I'm going to be talking about plants for winter decoration. I may be in the minority, but I love waving goodbye to summer and welcoming the cooler days of winter. The chance to get cosy, eat puddings with lashings of custard, wear tights and boots, and go on long, chilly walks wearing woolly layers, and then reward yourself with a large glass of red wine by the toasty fire in a pub. I will argue with anyone who claims summer is better. I won't be swayed. But I do admit that winter can feel quite long and dark at times, and it can be a bit bleak. And not in the frosty yet hauntingly magical way that the carol in the bleak midwinter would imply. That's where the winter decorations come in. Bringing a bit of the outside in during the winter months can really lift the spirits. And when daylight hours mean time in nature can be limited, it means you've always got a bit of the outdoors to find sanctuary in. It also doesn't have to be just for Christmas. January is a bit of a struggle for lots of us, so keeping decorations up throughout the frosty months can be hugely beneficial. One of my favourite jobs in the garden at Fulham Palace, where I volunteer, is creating wreaths for the Christmas fair. And although traditionally people hang them on their doors at Christmas time, there's no reason why you can't have a wonderfully wintry wreath up all season if it lasts that long. It's also a really fun, crafty activity, combining my love of gardening with my love for making things. Anytime ribbons and foliage get together, I'm here for it. One of the most undervalued plants for a wreath is probably the mossy layer that you start with. It reminds me of woodland walks in Ireland and Scotland, or the incredible Wisman's Wood on Dartmoor, 
where the forests can feel prehistoric at times. But its purpose in a fresh reef is to keep all your plants fresh for as long as possible. Then of course comes the foliage and there's some decisions to be made. Do you go for lush green holly leaves or the brown hues of dried bracken or similar? Make sure you wear gloves if you're handling holly, especially when arranging it onto a reef. I speak from bitter experience. Layering foliage onto a reef is a very satisfying step and crucial to get right. No one wants a wonky reef. The final touches can come from whatever winter detail you find when foraging around the garden or in areas where it's permitted to do so. Add a flash of colour with some berries or paint some pine cones in gold or silver paint and tie them on using wire. The best thing about reefs is you can be as bold or creative as you like. The only thing to consider is how long things will last once they're on your door or wall. But it's always fun to experiment. If you're a Christmas fan and go all out, the possibilities for festive decorations from the garden are endless. I never host Christmas, my flat's too tiny, so the perks are that I don't have the stress of the preparations, even if I'm always on hand to peel a spud or two as a guest. But when I do have my dream home and a big dining room table, I'll definitely be creating a centrepiece filled with plants and handmade creations. Just you wait. Another winter decoration can come from dried flowers. Of course, this does rely on you having collected and dried the flowers in the late summer and early autumn. So if you missed your chance this year, make a note to get prepared next year. I love dried flowers. They've come so far since the dusty potpourri in your grandparents' bathroom. I follow lots of incredible artists and florists on social media who create truly breathtaking creations with dried flowers. And the best thing is, you can bring a taste of summer into the home in the cold winter months with these dried memories of when the garden was bursting. Some dried honesty paired with twigs and fairy lights can be a classy addition to the winter home. Or a reef using dried flowers can be a long-lasting addition to the home decor. Also, if you have friends and relatives who value a homemade gift, these can be a lovely gesture at Christmas. The straw flower is an obvious choice, but for a reason. It's remarkably tough, even when still on the stem, and works wonderfully as a dried flower. They're also called the everlasting flower, which gives you some idea of their toughness. No falling petals here. But it also really keeps its colour, which is something else to consider. I recently attempted some dried flower embroidery, but I've already found my artwork to be fading as it sits on a wall near a window in my flat. And it's also starting to drop petals. So it's really worth understanding how to dry and how to preserve your flowers when working with dried flowers. Impatience is not a virtue here. I hope I've managed to persuade you that despite the cold of the winter months, there's still beauty to be found in the outside world, which can easily be brought into the home to give you a lift this winter. Light some candles, make a cup of tea, grab your favourite novel and savour the joy of slowing down and embracing the season. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and never miss an episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app.